Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about all things safety management and hopefully things that can help you or us, I should say, do our jobs a little bit more effectively and efficiently. Some of you may or may not know that I do teach part-time at the University of Southern California in their Aviation Safety Management System program. I'm just out there uh, earlier this week doing some teaching. One of the questions that came up, especially, and it is totally related to the FAA and PRM, is this idea of interface management. If you haven't looked at the NPRM yet, please, I am begging you. Picture me on my knees, hands clasped saying, please read this thing because it is so important that you understand it. It is so important that you try to grasp what the FAA is asking of our 135 brethren in terms of safety management. And here's the kicker too. So this is the part that really concerns me. I know I'm going off topic here, but the thing that really concerns me is this idea that they are also changing part five. So the NPRM is directed at 135, 91, 147, as well as production and type certificate entities. Well, do the 121s who are currently under part five know part five is changing? And there's a big change in here that talks about as part of the systems description, we need to identify all of our interfaces and then project or document how we're going to manage that interface. And when the FAA talks about it in the NPRM, or what the FAA makes it sounds like is that you have a phone or friend or you have a contact that if you should have problems, you will call. And that is not truly what interface management is, at least in the context of ICAO. What I want to talk a little bit about today is the idea of interface management because interface management and then the fact that how risk transfers or transgresses across organizational boundaries through the interface is actually uh, really super fascinating. Let's dive into it. The idea of interface management, let's first back up and go to identifying interfaces. This is where you look at every instance where your organization, pictured as a bubble, as a circle, overlaps or interfaces with another organization. For business aviation, let me give an you have your organization and when you send your aircraft to a 145 repair station or an MRO, you can imagine that your organization as a bubble, the 145 organization as a bubble, they kind of overlap. Where it overlap is a thin sliver. That's kind of the activities that are common or where the overlap happens, where the activities are joint. It shows where the organizations actually work together or have dialogue or communication or joint actions. With that in mind, we have to understand and I want you to I want you to use your imagination. Picture the two bubbles, picture them overlapping, having that thin sliver, so like a Venn. In that interface, any issues that are in that organization, any safety issues, controls that are degraded, whatever it may be that are in that organization can create problems or create risk that transgress into that interface and then ultimately into our organization. Now, you might be thinking, what is he saying? Well, let me try to put this into an example. So let's say there is a 145 organization that uses RFID tracking 
for tool control. That means that all of their tools are tagged with an RFID code and at any given time, the MRO knows where the tools are. Are they in the aircraft? Are they back in the box? Whatever it may be. And it's a really good way to control tools or where tools are, especially after a job. And also not really relating to RFID tracking, but other parts of tool control, such as like leaving rags behind, leaving FOD behind. Now let's say that the organization's RFID tracking system went down. Now what they use to solely control finding out where tools are, <laughs> if tools are back in the box after a job, that whole process, that whole control is down. So now there is a risk. What could happen without that, there is a greater chance or a greater probability of a tool being left behind on an aircraft. So the fact that they're having this issue, the 145 station is having this issue, creates risk that at that interface, when you bring your plane there to be worked on and the MRO works on that plane, I know you can't see me, but I'm kind of putting my hands together. Uh, my right hand is the MRO, my left hand is your organization. I kind of put them together and that space between my hands is that interface. Now picture in that interface now, the fact that the tool control program is degraded, that can create risk that can move into your organization, i.e. A tool can be left behind in the hellhole where the hydraulic pumps are, where the cable pulleys, if you don't fly fly-by-wire, fly that area in the back of the aircraft. If there's a rag, safety wire, tool left behind there, it can actually create a problem and a serious problem, especially if it gets bound up in the flight controls or shorts out the battery or whatever it may be and can be a safety of flight. So with that in mind, that is the idea that a problem in the MRO, the 145, has now migrated into our organizations as a problem that could be related to safety of flight. That is the idea of risk transgressing across the boundaries of the interface. So now when the FAA, they talk about interface management, which they don't actually get right, but when the right way, when we look at interface management, we have to understand our interfaces. And then we have to understand what defenses do we have in our bubble to prevent risk from transgressing from that organization into our organization. Usually speaking with MROs, we first identify, oh, do they have a tool control program? Do they have a TIG risk management program? Do they follow manufacturer guidelines on maintenance? Those are controls that we have to prevent their issues from coming into our organization, becoming our issues. The problem is any one of those controls, so for example, in our case, tool control is degraded, we need to know that. That is the idea of safety communication across the boundaries or interface management and safety communication. So if the MRO has a problem with their tool control, like if their RFID went out, that should be communicated to us so that we have the opportunity to say, okay, we're going to adjust our controls, we're going to adjust our barriers to prevent any risk associated with that degradation from impacting us. So what does that look like? Let's say they tell us that, hey, our tool control program, our RFID program is down. So now we can, as an organization, say, okay, they do not have robust tracking on their tools. So what we need to do is that when this aircraft comes out of maintenance from the MRO, we need to inspect it. We need to look at the panels, make sure everything's fastened. We make sure there's no FOD in the intakes. There's no tools or screws or FOD left behind in the cabin or on the airframe before we actually take acceptance and fly this aircraft. I understand this is something we should probably do anyway, but when the organization tells us that, hey, we have a problem with our primary control for tool control, that we can now take the opportunity and be extra diligent 
about finding things that could potentially impact our operation. This is so incredibly important. And now with the FAA, the way they put it in the NPRM is that, okay, if we find a hazard, we need to get the name and number of the person we need to call with it in the other organization. And that's kind of like phone a friend. While that's important, that's only part of the story. In an ideal world, if, for example, your MRO has an issue with tool control program, when you bring your aircraft in there, they will communicate that to you. They'll communicate that to the primary individual, the chief pilot, the director of maintenance, whoever it is. And then, like I said, that gives the organization the opportunity opportunity to adjust. Conversely, if when the tool control program, or even if it's in effect, but let's say it's degraded, the RFID system's not working, and we do find a tool, we have to be able to communicate that back to the organization and say, well, we found a tool. <laughs> okay, so I know you told us that your tool control program is not working, but your alternate method, whatever you're doing now for tool control, well, it didn't work at this time because now there's a tool sitting in the aft compartment of my aircraft. And that should signal to them, okay, we need to do something different or we need to shore up our controls, whatever it may be. So that's the idea of interface management. And when we look at interface management on the high level, it's going to take a lot of trust. And what I mean by that is it's going to say, okay, me as an organization, I'm having issues that can impact how we interface. And likewise, the other organizations should be able to freely and openly communicate saying, okay, we're having these issues right now that can impact the risk at where we interface. So from that, it's actually two-way street. So Conversely, if our organizations, if us, if we're having an issue providing services or with our aircraft that could impact safety at that interface when we come together, we also need to communicate that to our vendors. One example could be, let's say we go to an FBO, our single point fueling is not working. I know this is a super obvious example, but when we come to interface, so we're interfacing between us and we have a degraded state, which is our single point is not working. And then we have the FBO who sees a jet and sees a single point. If they don't know that there's a problem, they're gonna to try to hook up to that and there could be a fuel spill, there could be whatever it may be. And then what happens is that our risk or our problems have now created problems and risk for our organization because now we end up with a fuel spill. It's as simple as that. No knock against the FAA, but we need to understand what this idea of interface management is. There needs to be a trust saying that I have a problem and this is how it's going to affect when we interface. Likewise, if an organization has a problem, they need to let us know how it's going to affect how risk also transgresses that interface between the two organizations. And I think one of the best examples of this are notices to air missions. I know it used to be notices to airmen and no TAMs, but now it's notices to air missions. That's a great example. You have an airport environment and then you have us with our flight environment. If there are issues in the airport environment that can create risk at the interface between them and us, they communicate that well through the tool of NOTAMs. So if an approach is out, if approach lighting is out, if taxiways are closed, we are notified of that so that we can adjust and create our boundaries correctly. Likewise, if we have issues, if we're degraded, like if we have a flap situation or a brake situation, we notify the airport that, hey, we have a problem and then the airport can adjust. So that's a very trivial example of interface management. When we look at the organizational level, we have to identify how what we do can impact or transgress into what our organizations do and vice versa. So now here is the big 
question. When we look at corporate operations and interface management, one might ask the question, okay, what does interface management look like with FBOs? So for example, we have risk or they have risk. How do we look at that interface between the two and how risk from the FBO can move into our operation and how can risk from us or the things that we do or don't do impact the FBO. While if we go to one or two FBOs, that's a no brainer, we can communicate that to them. But as corporate operators, we go to hundreds of different FBOs and that might be an understatement. But what ICAO is saying is that we can actually have like a template for the interface. We can have like a common interface. So we look at the interface between FBOs. It's like, okay, we come in, they're going to marshal us. That's an interface. Park us, fuel us, service a lab, provide catering, escort the passengers out, whatever it may be. That's what happens at the interface. On our side, if we're having issues that can impact any one of those inter interfacing operations, we can say, okay, as part of safety promotion and safety communication, we can communicate issues that can happen at the interface because of issues we're having inside the organization. I'm gonna take a pause here. Does that make sense? If not, I really hope you let me know because this is a very important topic. Like I said, in the NPRM, the FAA with a phone friend, not cool, really not explaining the whole idea of interface management as the way ICAO explains it. So we have to take this seriously because it is a serious matter. Let's just take it up a level. When you think about it, it's really mind blowing and it's really disconcerting that the fact that an organization that we're interfacing with, whether it be ATC, whether it be an airport environment, whether it be an MRO, whether it be an FBO, and even internally, whether it be our own internal maintenance or finance or scheduling, if there is a degradation in any one of those entities, that when we come together and work together, that their issues can now become our issues. And that's where we're really protect from. And here's the other thing too that I always talk about when I'm teaching class is that we in corporate operations have the opportunity to insert risk or insert issues into our organization. I mean seriously deep into an organization. So let me give you an example. Contract pilots. Contract pilots themselves can really insert risk deep into our organization. So the question I have in that interface, when you have your bubble, which is our organization, you have the bubble, which is the contract pilot, we can go deep into that organization. What are the defenses that you have in that interface? But I am really hoping that you have really strong barriers that first decide who has the opportunity to get into that cockpit. And then once they're into that cockpit, you have really good controls on what that individual is allowed to do. Because if that individual, if they have issues and they're training, how do we protect ourselves from that interface? How do we protect ourselves from risk, transgressing the boundary from that individual or that entity, in the case of an organization, into our entity? And that is what interface management is about. After listening to this, read the NPRM and determine, is this really what interface management is about? My opinion is no. And I think the FAA did not get that right. It is not phone a friend. It is not the idea of I need a number to call in case I find a hazard in my process. I don't need a number to call if I find a problem. That is part of it. But what I need to do is understand two things. One, if I'm having issues in my department or a change or whatever it may be, how is that going to impact my interface with the entities in which I work with in the transportation and delivery of goods and services? Likewise, what would I expect if 
an outside entity had an issue and it was communicated to me, what would I do as an organization to adjust the controls to prevent their issue from becoming mine? So these are a few things to think about. It's a fascinating topic. I just don't want you to be confused by it, uh, especially the way the FA and PRM works and you can make an informed decision. So if you read the NPRM and it doesn't jive with you, make sure you make a comment because they need to get this right. This was not introduced in the first NPRM for 121. This is going to be a change for 121. Interfaces, internal and external. We talk about a boundary. We talk about risk transgressing those boundaries and impacting the other people. So either it impacts other organizations we, we interface with or whatever they're doing impacts us. So think about that. It's an important topic. So please sound off on it. Please let me know your thoughts on it. Just hope this gives you a better understanding of what interface management is. I just want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank you so much for downloading this. If you like what you're hearing here, make sure that you rate this well on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. Uh, let us know if you like it. Also, if there's anything you want to hear or talk about, let me know and we'd be happy to put it on the podcast. Sorry, it's been a little while since I did the last podcast. We're trying to keep a schedule here, but things are really busy here at Baldwin, uh, which is super awesome. In the end, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. Until we meet again on the next podcast, be safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.